Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. Welcome to this week's edition of Your Brand Amplified. I'm Annika Jackson, and I'm here with Lewis Schenk. Lewis, I know you're on the other side of the world from me. Thank you for getting up early to do the podcast today. Of course, Annika. It's a pleasure. I'm super excited to be here. I am super excited, and I love that we have a Kansas connection. That's so random. (laughs) Very random. Yeah, so so speaking of Kansas, please tell us a little bit about your story and your background. Yeah, so it's really strange. Like, I've had a couple of calls recently with people from Kansas, and it's, (laughs) you know, it it, it shows me how small the world is. And so to wind the clock back, like in 2012, I graduated, uh, you know, year 12 in Australia, then I started to, you know, like most Australians do at that age, go and find myself by traveling overseas. So took what we call a gap year and mm-hmm. um, yeah, spent four months over in Europe, went to pretty much everywhere you could imagine. Then, yeah, I, I went to university in Australia in 2013 and I'm so, sorry, in 2014 and just was not enjoying it at all. I wanted to, you know, be a physiotherapist and the path to get there, like doing all the boring classes just wasn't for me. And so I had a couple of friends that I grew up playing golf with. Uh, so yeah, I started golf when I was like 14. Got pretty good pretty quick and <laughs> had some friends who were over in the States playing college golf. And they both said like, man, this is the best life ever. Like we nice. get up, we go to a couple of hours of class and then we just golf and travel. <laughs> and I was like, that, that sounds like me. So found an agent, got me a scholarship to a small town, um, Hutchinson, Kansas, as you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, literally spent two years there um, it was one of the best experiences I did, not just like, it, it was like a personal growth experience, like living in cities in Australia, then going to this 30,000 person yeah, town in Kansas. <laughs> um, I'll never forget the moment. So my dad actually flew over with me. Cause he's like, yeah, I'll come over. I'll help you get settled in. You know, we hired a nice Mustang to kind of like make a cool experience. Oh, yeah. So we get to the airport, get in the, the black Mustang top down. And like, we're driving from Wichita airport to the school and the whole drive all it is is literally like i don't want to say cornfields to make it too uh, stereotypical but it was just like yeah it's okay wispy grass fields everywhere and i was like am i literally going to be in the middle of nowhere where there's not a single person because the whole drive there (laughs) you barely see it see a soul anyway like the school was decent um made a ton of really good friends and you know me it's not it's not always about like where you are it's the the people that you're with right like had I been there with terrible people I might have had a completely different experience but I've been to places in the world that were much much nicer on paper but like the experience I had there was not the same so yeah I'll always have a a sweet spot in my heart for for Kansas so (laughs) anyway yeah and then didn't end up finishing my four years there came back to Australia finished my university degree in Mm -hmm. Melbourne and then yeah, I was actually trying to play professional golf for a while, which, you know, it, I, it, I'm just going to say it didn't work out. I kind of made the choice that it wasn't what I wanted to pursue for multiple reasons. Um, and from there, I was I was running a company in events for these two entrepreneurs. And yeah, pretty quickly, they, they saw I was pretty switched on compared to most people that worked for them. And they were starting another business venture. So they thought, well, who, who better to run our current business than than me so they they offered me to you know run their business again it was very out of my comfort zone I had no experience doing that but I was like yeah let's bring it on um and I learned so much from that which yeah pretty much set me up to like I don't want to say like succeed in business but it set me up to be able to like 
understand the fundamentals of running a business so that when I started my own, I could just hit the ground running. Yeah, that's always, I think, the interesting thing about entrepreneurship, whether you choose to go into it or uh, the path is kind of shown to you, but you learn so much along the way, especially if you're doing it organically and it's, and you're like, okay, let me just try this. And then, oh, I need to learn about this. And you, you learn so much about the ins and the outs. And I think that really helps um, you adapt and become able to transition to other fields and, and figure out what your, what next is if you decide that you're done with that part of your journey. Yeah, exactly. It's or like it's decided for you. <laughs> correct. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you'd have, you can go to university and study the theory of business like I did, which taught me nothing really. And I've, I've really used very little of that as far as I'm aware. But like when you actually have that real world experience and you're actually in the trenches doing it, like that's when you learn, right? It's yeah. I'm, I'm a big proponent of like actually practicing what you preach and doing those things versus just like studying about it and, you know, becoming a, an expert. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And it's really interesting the last few episodes, I think of the podcast, a lot of people have been saying the same thing. It's yes, it's great to get book knowledge, but you have to have the practical application and experience. Um, and so you were, you know, you went from golf and travel to events and then the world shut down mm -hmm. and you pivoted. So what, what, how did you decide to do what you did next and what did you do next? Yeah. So it wasn't even really like my decision I have so one of my good friends who like he was in business like before I was and like you know we we always kept in touch in school he moved from Australia to Canada and anyway he um he got into like sales and then like building remote sales teams and so he was building a remote sales team for a company in Oregon oh. and they needed people like you know pretty urgently and he's like dude do you want to you know just do this on the side it would take you know like a few hours a day I was like, yeah, why not? Like, I'm always open to learning new things. And so, yeah, like that was for a PR company. And that was when I was first, you know, exposed to like the world of PR. And I was like fascinated. I was like, this is incredible. Like, how is this possible? Because you see, you know, yeah, like as just like a normal person, quote unquote, like you see people getting into like big magazines and big cut publications and like, you don't understand the process behind it. Like a lot of them have teams of people, like whether it's in-house or they're hiring a publicist to go out there and you know, build the relationships on their behalf. And, you know, unless they're like an Elon Musk, who's just like the most newsworthy person on the planet, yeah. like you, have to, <laughs> you have to know people and you have to be proactive at doing it. And so, yeah, I was like, this is incredible. Like, and I'll never forget the moment where like, you know, we actually did some like PR stuff for the events company. And like, it was such an incredible feeling. Like, I'll never forget like the smile I had on my face, like seeing the, the business published in like an article for the first time. And I was, like this is like game changing like everyone you know the what's the word i'm looking for like the praise that you get from like your family and the friends and people in your audience and network it's like i don't know it's something that like i think is unparalleled like the most powerful form of bragging is when other people brag yeah, for you exactly right? so it's like it doesn't matter what we say it's like what's everyone else saying so yeah that was that was my first real uh exposure to that and yeah i just kind of fell in love with it and yeah, didn't stay too long with him. I was like, I just want to do my own thing. Yeah, nice. And today now you have your company, Boost Media. You've had over 1,500 clients globally mm -hmm. and you're mm -hmm. doing, you're having amazing results for yourself and for your clients. And I, I love the fact that you're so infectious, like that it made you so happy to see that because I think that's 
one of the things, as you said, people don't really realize they want to build something and they just think, okay, I have a website, I have a product, people are just going to find it. And that mm-hmm. just doesn't happen today. It uh, doesn't matter if you're no. making a film or, you know, the best beauty product in the world or whatever it is, if you don't have that like third-party validation that comes from PR, um, you're not going to get as far. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. I think even like a layer deeper than that, it's like, First things first, it's like, you gotta have some kind of product market fit. Like people yeah. have gotta want it. Like you could, you could do all the PR and promotion for a bad product and it still won't sell. But I totally agree. Like you need people to know about it. You need, you need that trust, right? Like there's so many companies and businesses that like, you know, uh, let's say that they're, they're generating leads through like Facebook or something. And like, they might have like a really, really good business and product and service, but like you, you try to find them online and like you, li- you can't find a thing. And I really believe that if you're not in Google, you, you don't exist these days. So it's like, it's really hard for consumers to, to trust people when it's like they can't find anything about them, right? They want to educate themselves on a company before they buy. Most people aren't just like trigger happy and so, yeah, I'll just give you $5,000. Yeah. They really want to know that the person that they're working with is, you know, reputable, credible, can deliver results. But yeah, really building that trust. Yeah, absolutely. And so part of it was building trust up for you because then that showed your clients that you could deliver. So how did you do that? I know thought leadership is a, a buzzword or a phrase that we use a lot. Um, and I don't know that everybody knows what that means. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that as one of your mechanisms. Yeah, definitely. So on the topic of thought leadership, one of the, the biggest things I think anyone can do for thought leadership is to just write about their, their expertise, right? So I, I can't tell you how many like articles I wrote and just like, contributed to different, you know, media outlets and publications. And like, you know, eventually like I applied to contribute to entrepreneur a couple of times and then it wasn't so I'd really like built a big portfolio that I actually got accepted through their, their leadership program. Um, but yeah, I think being a thought leader all comes down to like being an expert on something and just providing as much value to people as you can on that. So I think, you know, video is a great way. Blogs and articles are a fantastic way too, because you know, I look at blogs and different articles as like the ultimate long-term marketing tool, because mm-hmm. if you write something that your audience is searching for, you're going to get people finding you in five years for the same thing, yeah. right? I, I have, I couldn't tell you how many articles sitting in Google where people search, uh, you know, how to get into the media, how to like outposition your competition. Mm-hmm. And they search these things and we have articles that rank for that. They click on the article and they read it. It's got a link to our website. They might inquire. So yeah, kind of a side topic in itself, but I think um, the way that I was able to build my brand quickly was just to write like a ton of content, put that out, slowly start to get into more and more media as well. Um, and then obviously just like social media too, like showing up online, um, creating good content. I think I think one of the biggest things that, especially like, I don't want to say like novice business owners, but mm-hmm. your, your image is really, really important. Like I'm not a, a vain person. I don't believe in like vanity metrics, but like, when people see you online, like they, they form an impression like that. And so if your first impression isn't there, then the chances of like, maybe, you know, that person actually wanting to work with you can, can decrease drastically. So mm-hmm. I think just, just really investing in like your, your image, like paying a professional photographer a couple of hundred bucks, at least just to, you know, look really, really professional. It can, it can literally be the difference between doing really well and not. So yeah, just, those kind of things were probably the major things I did in terms of um, yeah, getting my brand off the ground. Yeah. And when I was going to ask, because you built it up pretty quickly during the pandemic 
And so that was your primary mechanism was making sure that you were writing content that showed that you were the subject matter expertise. People could trust your brand to get their, the word out about their brands. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And just like spent a lot of time just connecting with people. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think it was from one of Russell Brunson's books. Um, I can't remember. Are you familiar with Russell Brunson? He's mm -hmm. the founder of ClickFunnels. Yeah. Anyway, it was just like, it was something along the lines of just connect with like as many, you, you want to build as many connections and relationships with people as possible. So like, you know, I was just like on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, just like sending like, you know, hundred plus messages a day myself, just like, Hey, how you doing? Like, great to connect. Like, you know, seeing if there's any way we can exchange value. And like, I think that's, I just like to take like massive action and being like aggressive, not like in the sense of like, Hey, give me your money, but like right. <laughs> aggressive in terms of my own actions and outflow in terms of like making myself known to people because ultimately in business, it's like one quote that I like is like the more hands you shake, the more money you make. So hmm. the more people that know you and obviously like, and trust you, yeah. the more people that will do business with you. So yeah, I think that, was another part of how I was able to kind of get things off the ground really quickly. Nice. Um, and when you think about, I know personal brands are something that's big for you. So, I mean, do you find yourself working mostly with individuals who are trying to launch their personal brands with established companies or kind of all over the, the spectrum? Yeah, it's been all over the spectrum. I would say like, you know, we started out just like working with our clients for like media placements and things like that. But we've kind of evolved the company to, you know, we're really bullish on like podcasts and short form video content. So we're pretty much like anything. I don't want to say anything because I never, I never want to be that company that's like, yeah, we do like everything. But like we focus on like three key areas. So we blueprint what those, well, what the biggest and best personal brands do. Like, you know, Patrick Bed David, Gary V, Jenna Kutcher. Mm -hmm. You know, firstly, they have like a, a huge online presence, media, public relations, anything you can think of. Secondly, they're, they're on a lot of podcasts as well. So that people yeah. obviously want to interview them a lot because they're, they're thought leaders. And then lastly is like video content, right? These days, TikTok, YouTube shorts, Instagram, like Instagram reels, there, there's nothing like it where you can, you can literally have zero followers, post a video and you can get thousands and thousands of views, mm -hmm. uh, which it doesn't happen with photos anymore. So yeah. <laughs> looking at looking at the latest trends and just being like, okay, cool. How can we help our clients with this? Because we have clients from, you know, buyers, agents, mortgage brokers, lawyers, coaches, consultants, agency owners, like you, you, you name it, we've probably worked with them. And so a lot of them are at different stages, but the one thing they have in common is that like they've been in business for a while, but they just haven't had any media attention, mm -hmm. media exposure. And so I was actually going through like our client lists from like the past year recently with like a marketing agency. And it was like, it's really interesting. A lot of the people that we work with, like I would have said, oh yeah, the average age is probably around like, you know, 30-ish, but like a lot of them are actually like 50 plus. Like they've been in business a long time, but like what people don't realize is that most businesses never get any kind of media attention, right? Mm -hmm. It Unless they're proactive, like we talked about, or unless they know people personally, like it just doesn't fall into their lap. So I think we, we, we really want to just work on work with personal with businesses but we want to highlight the founder to yeah. build their personal brand to grow their business so ideal company size is like typically between one to, to 20 people um, but not not limited to that we've obviously yeah we've done things outside of that scope but that's that's really our, our ideal avatar yeah no I, I think that's important I also like to work with small businesses and entrepreneurs startups 
companies that are on the smaller side that really need that boost up front um, because that's going to help their business grow so much faster if they get it. And you're in Australia, but you've lived in the States, you've traveled all over. Do you find um, that it's that PR works differently? Um, or do you think it's just now that we have access to all this technology and different platforms that you're, you know, it, that it's kind of become more of the same across the world? And, and then also, uh, well, I'll ask that and then I'll ask a follow-up question. <laughs> sure. Well, I've obviously, I've only been doing this for like two and a half years. So I don't have a ton of, I guess, I've done a bit of research. I think the PR landscape is constantly changing, but I think right now it's more connected than ever. Like the US versus Australia, I think Australia is a little bit harder to crack. I think we have like just a smaller pond of like media compared to like the US. Like you, know, you guys have 50 states, probably a hundred publications and different things per state, you know. So it's a much bigger playing ground. But I think fundamentally on like the principles of PR and like what it can do for a business, it's like, it's location agnostic, it's industry agnostic, it's like recognition. I, I always kind of try and dive deep into like, what is PR really, what, what human need is that like fulfilling for people? And it's like, I really believe it's like recognition. People want to feel validated for their work and what they do mm. and, you know, have that recognition from other people. So I think, yeah, fundamentally, it doesn't matter where you are, what you do, PR is something that, yeah, it will have the same effect anywhere you go. Yeah, nice. Um, and then are your clients global as well? Or do you find that most, you mostly are getting local clients to start and then it's expanding? Yes, we pretty much just started with US clients because oh, wow. working with that, uh, that company previously, yeah. so I, I was pretty much just like, I was intentional with like, I learned about his whole business, like how everything operated. I, I met a few you know, key contacts of his. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like I know exactly how that works like I did with the events company I you know I ran their business I didn't run this guy's business but you know I saw the systems how it all worked so I just basically leveraged that over there and then slowly started to you know pardon me build into the Australian market so I would say now I would have to go through and like actually work it out but I'd say roughly a 50 50 split on Australia and US clients so there's there's pros and cons to working with both but I think yeah having clients in both areas gives us a bit more I guess room um and a, a lot of the clients as well they, they they do business internationally so it's like yeah, you know when we onboard a client it's like are we looking just to kind of you know target local media like national media or are we going like international and most of them are like international so yeah I think it, it's cool to be able to work with people in the U.S. and Australia kind of it makes me feel like um <laughs> you know still in the U.S. a little bit yeah. right <laughs> nice do you have um, any specific case studies or examples that of client success that you would like to share with us today? Yeah, so one of the craziest ones, which like I, I didn't actually send the survey to, I didn't realize like for a long time how effective we were, but basically, so we worked with, uh, there's an app, uh, it's like a financing app, it's called unhedged.io. Hmm. And basically we ran like just like a small PR campaign for them, just got them published in like a couple of, local and national media and after that they had something like 200 waitlist signups for their next thing and they received like 150 grand in funding from oh people gosh. from like investors reading their article and I, I remember in the feedback from i would love to pull it up it was just i was like what is there one thing that is there anything that we could improve upon in, in the work and stuff that we did and he's just like i want more and he wrote more with like 
a ton of O's. And I was like, that is so funny. <laughs> and I, I love that, you know, people think everything in business has to be so professional, but I love when people are just like, they just themselves and they're just like, I want more. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a really cool one. That is definitely a very cool one. So I know the old conventional way of doing PR, the agency model, should you say, or maybe even a lot of private practitioners often ask for like a six month, you know, minimum contract, retainers, all of that stuff. So, but it sounds like you also work with clients on a smaller basis. So they know that they have a campaign, they need help right now. Um, and you're able to execute that. Mm-hmm. So you're adding a little more yeah. like agility and nim- nimbleness, I guess, to the world of PR. Correct. Exactly. And uh, like one of the biggest problems, especially in Australia, like we've had several clients that have like worked with other companies, see like, you know, spent a lot of money with them and had, you know, it, it's like a minimum three month retainer, minimum 3K a month. Like the, the saddest story here for me was like this lady, Vina, she, she's like pretty much a solo opener, you know, I don't know exactly how much like revenue her business was making, but anyway, she really wanted some PR to like establish her brand and business. And so she, she worked with this PR company probably two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, got on a three month retainer, 3K minimum per, per month. And after three months, she had nothing, right? No features, wow. no mentions, like literally nothing. And what the company said to her was like, oh, but like, you know, now the journalists and stuff know your name. And like, I'm like, that's just a lot of BS. Like they get pitched a thousand times a week. They're not going to remember that name. No, just, just one name. So yeah, it's sad to see when people pay all that money because some companies, they don't have any kind of, you know, guarantee. It's like for us, if we don't achieve, you know, what we promise in a certain timeline, we'll work with them until we do, right? Mm-hmm. It takes us an extra three months. It's like, I don't want to deliver nothing to someone who's paid me money. Like yeah. same thing, even with my dad's company, they've been in business like nearly 20 years and it's probably like seven years ago now they they got uh, a PR company to come on and like it sounds like they didn't pay a ton of attention to it because my dad was like after nine months we we're paying them like five or six grand a month after nine months him and his business partner were like what's this PR company done and like they went through and it's like they got like one small article somewhere that they never heard of like a, a small mention somewhere and so like they spent 50 grand for all this like strategy and like you know whatever and that, that's not what people want right so our method our, like our model is like we, we give them like you know here's what we're going to deliver this is the time i'm going to do it in if we don't do it in this time then we'll keep working with you until you do so it's like they can feel comfortable that they know what they're getting versus just like oh here's my money hopefully we can get something i think that you're going to have a lot of pr pros quaking in their boots <laughs> when they hear this honestly mm-hmm. because um I think people have to start in, in our field, have to start thinking about new ways of doing things, new ways to help mm-hmm. clients and customers get the results that they want. And you're doing exactly that. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to share? Like what's, what's next for your company? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I really kind of the, the mission for this company is I, I want to become synonymous with personal branding and not mm-hmm. in the sense of like, you know, I, I know there's like personal branding experts and like, personal branding is a whole like it's a crazy world right yeah. but i want to build like elite personal brands so like you know when you think of people like you know like i mentioned before like patrick but david gary v mm-hmm. all these people like they have teams helping them do that right it's not they're not just doing it alone so right. i want to i want to build to that level where we're working with you know those types of clients and we're the ones who built that brand so yeah i just see us like always 
not trying to do too many things, but keeping up with the latest trends. And if we see something that's really working out in the market, it's like, cool, how can we bring that, deliver it to our clients to, yeah, benefit them, build their brand. So yeah, I just see us always kind of keeping up and yeah, just trying to innovate. Nice. I love that. Um, and what are the easiest ways for people to find out more about your agency, to follow you on social media? Yeah, so boostmediaagency.com is the website. And yeah, on Instagram, um, at Lewis Shanks, probably the best way to connect. I've, I've got a ton of free like media resources and stuff. So if anyone awesome. needs anything, just yeah, DM me and I'll just shoot them over. Very cool. And are those also available on your website? They're not actually, no. Okay. We are in the process of redoing the website, which I don't know if you ever have redone a website, yes. but it always takes so much longer. Than yeah, I'm doing the same thing, thing right now. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, okay, this is never going to be done. I've actually, <laughs> I've actually like, it's taken that long. I've actually just got to the point where I've just hired someone else to do it now because yeah. it's, yeah, it's become a joke. So oh, anyway. Gosh. Well, um, and is there... Anything, because you did give us a quote earlier, but do you have another favorite quote, mantra, words that you live by? Yeah, one of my favorite ones is don't talk about it, be about it. Like, I think a lot of people talk about stuff, but it's like, are they really being about it? Like, yeah, that's, that's a powerful one for me. Very much so. And on that note, thank you so much, Lewis, for being on the show today. I think you. Uh, you, got, you gave some really um, insightful examples and thoughts about what PR looks like today and how to achieve the best results. And I love your journey um, and how you got to PR because it's something that I love as well. And it, like you, my journey was a little long before I got here, but now we're here and we're able to help a lot of people. So that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Annika. I appreciate your time. Thank you. And to our audience, thanks for coming back for another week of your brand Amplified. And I'll be back again next week. Want more? Check out amplifywithannika.com or follow me on socials at amplifywithannika.com.